0: Presents. Come in. Welcome. I'm E. G. Marshall. Possibly no period has inspired so many stories of high adventure. ...and a fragment of history known as the Wild West... ...the era of the cowboy... ...and his endless war against the gunslinger... ...the sheepherder and the Indian. Yet it was only a snippet of history... ...lasting less than a generation. By the beginning of the last decade of the 19th century... ...the Wild West was ancient history. Here's an unusual tale from that snippet... ...which may strike you as a parallel with another ancient legend... Stay cool, Lucy. I'll handle it.
1: But you can't. They're killers. All of them.
2: Boone. I'm calling you out. If you ain't got a gun of your own, you better borrow one.
0: Our mystery drama, On the Side of the Angels, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Earl Hammond and E.V. Juster. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The notoriety of the Wild West was at its height from 1870 to 1880, which is where our story begins, innocently enough. Somewhere in Wyoming Territory, a solitary wagon drawn by one sturdy workhorse heads down a mountain trail towards a distant and sparse settlement. Behind the wagon, a cow pony hooked to the tailgate follows along. This is a special rig, a welcome sight to all in this wilderness land. The bandwagon, a traveling general store on wheels. It is driven by a ranch peddler. Lanky man with a heavy dark beard, straggled with gray, that grows high on his cheeks till not much of his face can be seen below his worn old Stetson but a pair of bright blue eyes.
2: Get along, long, yeah, get along, get along, get along, get along, I don't blame you for pricking up your ears, Baldy. Just sing a little old song to forget how hungry I am. Hmm, and thirsty. Man, I am bone dry, and I reckon you and old Blueback there are too. So let's you and me pull off the trail here and head for that spread over there. And yeah, we can get that young man at the well to give us a drink at least. Hey there, young man.
1: What can I do for you, Sage Brusher?
2: Oh, uh, me and my two ponies here is dry as a gulch. I was wondering, uh, could we water down here? Sure. Well, oh, thank
1: you. Just help yourself up with the dipper there from the bucket I already drew. I'll draw a couple more and fill up the trough while you're and your ponies and bring them over.
2: Well, I take that as right kindly of you, son.
1: I'm not a boy.
2: Oh? Well, what are you, then?
1: I'm a woman. My name's Lucy.
2: Well... You sure could have fooled me and them Levi's and busted out hand-me-down boots with them worn down heels.
1: These are my work clothes.
2: Oh. Oh, well, you own this spread all day by your lonesome?
1: No. My daddy and my two brothers live here, too. Well,
2: they don't appear to be about.
1: They rode into town like they do most days.
2: Hmm. Leaving a little slip like you to handle all the chores.
1: I best get some water in the trough so the horses can drink.
2: <laughs> yes, I reckon. Hey, come on, Baldy. Come on, Blue. that's the boy. Hop, there
1: you go. Oh, I don't guess that'll be enough. I- I'll get you another bucket. Uh, no, hold on,
2: ma'am. I'll carry the bucket for you.
1: Oh, no, no, that's all right.
2: Well, I ain't going to steal, it. Huh? It don't look so scared.
1: Why oh, ain't scared? Then what? Well, oh, just surprised, I reckon.
2: Oh, you ain't used to having a man doing for you, huh? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Come on now, give me the bucket. Now, your mom up at the house?
1: My mom died five years back.
2: When you were just about frying size, huh?
1: Stop talking as if I wasn't grown up. I was going on 18 when she passed away.
2: Well, you don't say.
1: I do say. Here, here, let me do that. It's my job.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Especially not when you're doing me kindness. Uh, now, you hand me the dick, though. I'll wet my own whistle before I let the horses finish up
1: sure. Here.
2: Thank you kindly. Mm, that surely does taste good.
1: some
2: more. Oh, uh, now, I don't suppose you'd have something for me to eat up at the house, ma'am, and maybe some feed for the horses? Well, I'm afraid i well, No, 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 now, don't get me wrong. I'd be willing to pay, only not hard cash money. But you could choose what you want in trade. Like what? Oh, like, uh, now I got pots and pans and knives and yellow soap, and tallow candles, pins, needles, thread, buttons, fancy and plain, dress goods, calico, homespun, cotton of all kinds.
1: you're a bandwagon.
2: Yeah, that's right, ma'am. I'm a ranch peddler. I'm new to these parts. Name's Hank Boone.
1: Pleased to make your acquaintance, Mr. Boone.
2: Uh, mostly folks just call me Hank.
1: Could I, uh, could I see some of the dress goods?
2: Hank? Why, sure thing, Lucy. Now, you just step around the back of the wagon. There. Now, I brought a whole new batch up from Cheyenne this trip. You know, the latest thing, just like they have back in the east. Here, let me show you. Now, there's plain cotton, and this here's fancy. Uh, they're prints and calico with stripes and squares and... Uh, it's a print? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh.
1: What's the point, tempting myself? myself Ain't for me?
2: Well, you fill me and my horse's empty bellies for a couple of days, Lucy, and I'll cut you enough cloth for you to make a Sunday go-to-meeting clad in trade.
1: Oh, I couldn't do that.
2: Why not?
1: I need to have my daddy and my brother say so.
2: Wouldn't they consider it a fair trade?
1: I don't reckon so. <laughs> you better ask them for yourself, Hank, because here comes my daddy and my brother, Curly, right now. I gotta make tracks so they won't see me talking to you. I don't want them angry with me. Well, why should they be angry?
2: Well, I can't explain it right now. Uh. Hell, howdy! Who in tarnation are you? Uh, I'm Hank Boone, range peddler. What are your critters doing at my water trough? Well, oh, drinking, of course. Water's scarce around these parts, Mister. Who said they could freeload? Well, now I—it was my sister, wasn't it? I seen her run away from the back of your wagon when we rode up. Well, if you'd let me explain, I was just offering her to exchange some yard goods for the water and a square meal for me and my pony. We don't want no yard goods, Mr. Pedler. Well, uh, I'll make you a better barter. Yeah, what? Now, your ranch looks pretty run down to me. Corral gate falling off its hinges. And barn roof needs mending. And the ranch house needs chinking and pointing. You feed me, and particularly my horse is good, three squares a day and bed us down, and I'll fix your roof and your cabin and your corral. Well, you'd, you'd have to sleep out on the horse, barn. Well, I got my own crumb roll, and I'll doss down in the wagon. Okay, you got a deal. That's mighty generous of you, Mr. Uh... Stubbs. Jim, Stubbs, and don't thank me yet. You're going to work forever bite you get. And don't you forget it. I'm certain sure I won't be let to. I don't like you, mister. Well, I reckon the feeling's mutual. All right, Curly. All right. And you, Mr. Kettlestick Boone, get on with your chores. Pronto, Senor El Presidente. Your wish is my command. Why, that ornery sidewinder. Let him go, Curly. Pop, if you gone plain local, Why'd you want to hire him? First off, because he's right. A Spread needs some work. Second, he's cheap. And third, you get a look at that wagon. Not real close. A lot of money tied up in that stock, son. You, me, and Buck could make ourselves quite a little profit on that layout. But it ain't ours. It will be, son. <laughs> it will be. <laughs>
1: Mayor. Yes, Henny, my love. I wanted to talk to you about some of the invitations. It's a
2: powerful long list. Well, with elections this close, we can't afford to disappoint anyone. Now, don't you think I know that? Already made plans to set up
1: lanterns in the yard below the hay lift. This is going to be the biggest and best fun still ever had. I'll see to that. That's my little wife. I just hope I can get everything ready in time. You realize it's only one week from tomorrow night, away. Pretty darn close. Well, uh, yes, my love. Do I have to send an invite to Jim Stubbs and those two no-count sons of him? And now,
2: Henny Jim Stubbs and his boys are all fired up, useful to me. Come vote roundup time. See, they're mighty good at persuading folks to fall to mine. And I need every vote I can get this election. Oh, very well. I just hope maybe they won't come. And they might not at that. They ain't much on fandangos and such. Mostly because they know we'll serve punch and not whiskey. In my books, they are
1: animals. Oh, I sure wish I could include that poor little Lucy in
2: the invite. It wouldn't do any good. They wouldn't let her come. What have they got against that poor girl? Eh, In fact, she's a woman. Stubbs haven't much use for women. Except fancy kind.
1: <laughs> they was that poor little thing like she was a jughead mule. They have her fetching, carrying, cooking, doing a man's work sun up till sun down.
2: She might as well be a Cinderella. <laughs> Danged if he ain't just about hit the nail on the head. Only instead of the mother and the two ugly daughters, Lucy Stubbs has got Jim and his mean sons.
1: Without any chance of a Prince Charming coming along? Uh,
2: let alone a fairy godmother. Eh, Chuck, uh, what are we doing wondering over other people when we got enough problems of our own? What, what we can't help, we can't hassle over. Well, I'd still like to include her in the invite. And you'd only cause her trouble, Henny. She's got enough of that already. here by the barn this time of night, Lucy. Well,
1: I I just finished my chores and washing the dishes. I came down here to get your dirty
2: ones. (laughs) You can have them, but they aren't dirty anymore. I washed
1: them. You didn't have to do that.
2: No, ma'am, I didn't. Only, well, that's not the real reason you come down here now, is it? Now, listen, Hank, don't you get any ideas? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got lots of them, Lucy, but none of them ought to worry you.
1: Well, all right. I'll tell you why I'm coming. First off, you tell me why you stayed.
2: Because I was hungry. Me and my partner.
1: You and the horses got a belly full tonight. You could have took off as soon as it got dark. You don't need to work like a dog for them, just for bed and board. You could ride on down into Frontville with your bandwagon and sell off a quarter of that stock you got in the wagon.
2: Mm, yeah, I reckon I might have done it. So? Why'd you stay? Well, ma'am, well, maybe on a hunch. See, I, I can see you've been getting a thick end of the stick for a long while now. Maybe I had a notion I might help you out some.
1: I was afraid of that. That's why I took a chance in coming down here tonight. To tell you to pick up your heels and
2: get, Hank, just as fast as you can. Well, why would I do that?
1: Because if you don't, the only way you're going to be leaving this, Fred, is feet first.
0: Remember I mentioned that this story might remind you of an old legend? Well, we have some of the elements established already. But where in the rough and tumble of the old Wild West do you suppose a Prince Charming might come from, let alone a fairy godmother? I shall return shortly with Act Two for quite a long while after the concerned girl had made her surprising statement the tall lanky ranch peddler regarded her solemnly his piercing blue eyes never wavering as he contemplated her he reached into his shirt pocket to pull out a tobacco sack his teeth against the grizzled beard were white and strong as he pulled the string with them to open the sack, his other hand creasing the cigarette paper deftly. Then he sprinkled some tobacco in it, licked the edge of the paper, and with the ease of long practice, rolled the cigarette.
2: Now, who did you figure was going to fix it so I got laid out for the white men and Lucy? Hmm? Them. All three of them?
1: My brother Buck's the worst of them all. He's quiet just plain ornery.
2: Mm, I see. Do you mind if I light up?
1: No. Yes. Why
2: don't you listen to me? Yeah, but I am. I'm just trying to understand how how you can be so certain. Sure. I heard them. Most times they don't even know I'm around. But tonight was sort
1: of different. Soon as Bucky come home, they sent me down to the well to get water. We didn't need no water. They know I fill up the barrel every night before supper. They were just trying to get rid of me. So, as soon as I got outside, I snuck back in the shadow of the lean to by the kitchen window, and I could hear what they were saying.
2: And what were they saying, Lucy?
1: Well, Daddy was doing the talking. He was telling Buck, he only took you on so you'd get the layout back in shape. And then they dry out you, steal your wagon and your stock.
2: Hmm, and just how are they going to send me up Salt River? Huh?
1: Kill you? Or just shoot you?
2: For no reason?
1: Oh, they'd have a reason. What? They, they'd say they caught you messing around with me.
2: And what would you say to that? I
1: don't rightly know. A woman's word don't carry much weight in the prairie dog courtsmen run around here.
2: Hmm, maybe so. Well, it looks like I'm forced to pull up stakes.
1: Oh, yes, Hank. Please go. You don't have a chance with them. They to iron all the time, and they use it. But you... You don't even wear a gun.
2: That's right. I don't. I'm a man of peace. I'm just a peddler. <laughs>
1: And that's why you don't know
2: about people like my brother. Well, like I said, I ain't so worried about me. I got time. You don't. Here. You better take these and get on up to the ranch house before one of those brothers takes a notion to wake himself up and wonder just where his little sister is. Mr. Mayor yes, honey. What are you doing down here at the office? I just dropped off all the invites to the hold-down at the post office,
1: except in one. Yeah? What's that? I want little Lucy Stubbs to have one,
2: even if she can't come. Only I want to make sure she gets it. Yeah, well, that might pose a problem. No, she never comes here to town to pick up any mail. That's right, Powell, honey. But ain't you planning
1: to ride over to Grant's Junction on election business? I am. Well, then, you got to pass me enough by the Stubbs Ranch. I was thinking you could just stop off and make sure this gets into Lucy's hands herself. Mm-hmm.
2: stranger. Howdy. You working the stubs, Fred? Well, I'm just helping out whilst I rest up my ponies. I'm a ranch peddler. Uh, There's my bandwagon. My name's Hank Boone. Well, pleased to meet you, Mr. Boone. I'm Powell Bloomer, mayor of Frontsville. I surely hope you're going to favor our town by passing through. (laughs) I'm certain the ladies could do a thriving business for you. Well, I intend to be there pretty soon. Glad to hear it. Any of uh, the stubs about? Well, no, I don't expect Jim or his boys back much before sundown. Uh, They went up to ride fence on the north pasture. That's so. Hmm. Uh, How about Miss Lucy? Yeah, she's riding fence, too, about a mile up there on the east. Hmm. Well, uh, I got a letter here I'd like you to get to her. You want I should ride up and take it to her? Well, I I, I wouldn't want to put you out, Mr. Boone, but I'll tell you the truth. I'm kind of anxious it should get into her hands, and, uh, well, I wouldn't want it. You uh, wouldn't want her menfolk to know about it for some reason? Well, I, I, I don't know how to explain. Mr. Mayor, you don't have to. I've met Mr. Stubbs and his boys... You can rest assured this will get into no hands but Miss Lucy's. Somehow, I have no doubt. Here, Mr. Boone. Thank you. And uh, by the by, if you're going to pay us the courtesy of a visit, and you should happen to be in town a week today, Saturday night, I'd like to issue an invite to a general hoedown and fandango, Mrs. Boone and myself are holding. I take that mighty kindly, sir. If I can attend... I'd be proud to.
1: Hi, what are you doing here?
2: I guess I could ask you the same question. What are you doing here?
1: Oh, a couple of calves busted out through this hole in the fence. I'm taking down the last strand so I can drive them back into the pasture before the rest of them critters take a notion to to bust out onto the range with them.
2: Well, you get the rest of your wire down, and I'll fetch in your mavericks for you. There you, boy! There we go, tops. Strand. A snug home, and your whole fence is as good as new. Uh
1: ought to thank you. But I wish you'd get on out of here. Well,
2: now, if you're worried about your kin, folks, them honorary brothers of yours and your pop took off to ride the west fence all the ways north, you know, clear to the end of the ranch. Well,
1: they might take it to change their minds. I just don't want no trouble.
2: Well, what trouble could there be? Like I told you, I am a peaceful man.
1: You also said you were a ranch peddler, and that ain't the whole truth either.
2: Now, what does that mean?
1: I watched the way you worked those strays when you rounded them up. <laughs> You're no peddler.
2: Well, I never said I've been a peddler all my life, and I've been a lot of things.
1: And there's something else.
2: What's that, Lucy?
1: You ain't scared a bit of my brothers and my daddy, and you ought to be. Now, just who are you, Mr. Boone?
2: <laughs> Come on, Lucy. Let's mount up and get to riding some fence whilst I tell you the story of my life. <laughs>
1: have been talking for most an hour, and you still haven't told me one real thing about yourself.
2: Well, Lucy, I, I told you I've been a cowpuncher, I've been boss. was my whole life until I cut out and put all I saved into a bandwagon.
1: Oh, I know you you'd talked a heap about what you was and what you are, but you ain't told me why.
2: Why what?
1: Why you ever gave up a life you know you love.
2: Well, maybe I just got tired of being lonesome. Maybe I took a hankering to settle.
1: So, why didn't you?
2: Well, you gotta find a woman first. Oh, hey. hey! There's a nice stand of shade trees. Now, why don't we cut over there? Huh? The ponies need a rest, and I reckon we could use a little noon meal, huh? I
1: didn't bring anything to eat with me.
2: I did. I took the liberty and snuck in the kitchen. Now, I got bread and cheese and a slice of meat. And well, you can give me fifteen minutes to get a fire going, and we got coffee to go with it. More coffee, Lucy?
1: Oh, no, I've had enough. Uh, first food I've eaten as long as I can remember. I didn't have nothing to do with preparing.
2: Well, that was the object.
1: Uh, what do you mean?
2: We'll give you a little rest for a change. Having somebody do for you instead of you doing for them all the time. How do you stand it, Lucy? Why don't you cut and run?
1: No cash money, for one thing. What would I do? Oh, I reckon there's only one thing a woman alone can do for a living out here in the frontier. I wouldn't cotton that way
2: of life. But you got no life here.
1: That's for Sure. I ain't set foot off this spread since my mom died. Don't even get to ride into town, even for mail once in a while.
2: Oh, land sakes! I'm plumb forgot. What? Well, the whole reason I rode out the line to find you. Yeah, I got this here for you.
1: What
2: is it? Oh, it's a letter. A fella rode by and said he was uh, mayor Bloomer out of Frontsville, and he wanted to make certain sure that this got into your hands and nobody else's.
1: Oh, what's in it?
2: Well, why don't you open it and find out? I will. Oh. Oh. Hey, 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 now, Lucy, I mean, how come it gets to you so?
1: Oh, could I explain?
2: Well, I would. Listen. You wouldn't understand. won't you try me?
1: Well, I'd like to. Well, maybe... You are the only one might understand. You see, this here is an invite.
2: Well, is that something to cry about?
1: Well, it is if you can't go. It's not just any old hoedown. This is the biggest event of the whole year.
2: Well, why can't you go?
1: Well, first off, because I wouldn't be allowed to. Anyways, because what would I wear? I don't even own a dress I could wear just to wash up the dishes.
2: Well, oh, that's no problem.
1: What do you mean?
2: Well, you know how to sew.
1: Well, I used to. when well, Mom was still alive. <laughs> I reckon you don't forget. Well,
2: I got needles and thread and whatever fabric takes your fancy.
1: I got no way of paying you.
2: Now, did I ask you to? Oh, Hank,
1: I couldn't. I shouldn't. And... Well, even if I did, it... It would just never pan
2: out. You'll never know until you try.
1: They'd never let me go. Well,
2: will they be at the hotel?
1: Well, they always get an invite, but they don't go. Oh, they'd just like rather go drinking and playing cards and hanging out with them fancy women down at the saloon.
2: So how would they know if you win?
1: Oh, it don't signify. I got no way of getting there.
2: My coach and one are at your disposal, Cinderella. Huh? Well, isn't that just what you're like? And haven't you got a chance to escape just like she did?
1: Oh, I want to go to the on real bad. Just to wear a dress again and get off this
2: old ranch.
1: No use fooling myself. I ain't about to meet any Prince charming like she did in the story.
2: Like I say, you'll never know less than you try. Now, stranger things have happened.
1: Maybe the strangest of all is figuring an old sourdough like you
2: for my fairy godmother. <laughs> well, I'm too long in the tooth and the beard to be anything like that.
1: Well, I'd still like to know who you are to do this
2: for me. Well, let's say I'm a fellow who found the way to set himself free. and maybe I'd like to help anyone else do the same thing. Now, you gonna do it, Lucy?
1: Yes. Lord, help me. I am. In spite of all, I just want this one sleep.
2: In spite of all what?
1: I can just feel it in my bones, Hank. Nothing comes that easy to me. Oh, I just pray to heaven nobody gets hurt ain't got it coming to them.
0: The story unwinds like a coiled lariat. All the parallels are there, and all the characters except one. Prince Charming. Where can he possibly come from? Well, as Lucy said, who could imagine that a grizzled old sourdough could play the role of the fairy godmother? If that could happen, perhaps anything is possible. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. before Frontsville's greatest shindig has fled rapidly for Lucy she had picked a pure white cotton overprinted with a pattern of blue flowers she has sewn it in secret in moments stolen from her daily chores and it is finished none too soon because tonight is the night of the dance
1: ain't you riding into town tonight,
0: Daddy? That uh, depends on boys, Lucy
1: I thought maybe you might be going to Mayor and Missus Bloomer's big shindig.
2: No, we wouldn't be going there. Tea and punch and lady fingers ain't just our style. We ride in. We go for man's and enjoyment. Regular Saturday night poker game. Oh, Curly. Well, what's our high hand have to see? Oh, he reckons about two, three more days he'll finish up. and steady. We got time to make our move, huh? Yeah. Where's Buck? Saddling up. Ain't we riding into town? No reason now, we shouldn't. I'll go get my cow out and my gun belt.
1: What time will y'all be home?
2: What do you care?
1: I'd just like to know.
2: Well, then I guess uh, somewhere the other side of midnight. I thought they would never leave.
1: So did I. (laughs) Yeah,
2: but they did. And it's getting sort of late. Now, ain't it time for you to get all dressed up for the ball, huh? I ain't going. Well, how come?
1: It's too dangerous. I know it's going to mean trouble.
2: Now, you mean to tell me you spent this whole week making that dress, planning, getting ready, and you're just going to plain throw it all over?
1: I don't want to hate someone.
2: You're even going to spoil the best surprise of all.
1: What surprise?
2: These.
1: A pair of shoes. A pair of sunday go to meeting dance and shoes.
2: Just your size.
1: They are beautiful.
2: Only if they get worn and if they fit.
1: Well, it it appears as if they are,
2: huh? Well, why don't you go and find out?
1: (sighs) Hank, I can't. It's too dangerous for you.
2: What time are those three getting home?
1: Not before midnight. Probably not till near sunup. But I couldn't take any chance. Till midnight, I I ought to be safe.
2: Okay, then I'll be your coachman. I'll drive you to the down and fetch you home before midnight. And then I promise I'm going to take off for good before they try to dry gulch me.
1: If that's a promise, then I'll take my chances and go to the bar.
2: Miss Lucy, are you ready? You can come on in, hey? Oh, my,
1: oh, my. You like?
2: Oh, you are about the prettiest sight I ever did see. What did you do with your hair?
1: I washed it and brushed it and put it up with hairpins, you loaned me.
2: Well, if you ain't a princess, I don't know what is. But only one thing is missing. What? This here. To put in your hair.
1: Oh, Hank. A comb with real brilliance. Oh, where'd you ever find it?
2: Well, I I didn't. It was my mother's. Will you wear it tonight?
1: Are you sure you want me to? Oh, yeah. Then I'd be proud to uh, like that?
2: That's just the way it should be. <laughs> now, come on, you don't want to be late for the party. Here you are, Madame.
1: I'm scared. I'm afraid to go in.
2: Just swallow once and put your best foot forward. Here, here. come on, let me help you down.
1: Oh. <clears throat> just as light
2: as air. Oh, you don't feel no heavier than a tumbleweed. And you are powerful, beautiful. Am I, Hank? Well,
1: appears
2: that way to me.
1: No, oh, I wish you was coming to the dance with me. What
2: an old rawhide like me. And i cramp your style. Now, you go find yourself a nice young buckaroo. But
1: I can't find one I want.
2: The mayor and, uh, yeah, I guess that's his wife. They're waiting for you on the receiving line.
1: You'll be back for me before midnight.
2: Now, now don't you worry. And even if you're a little late, the old bandwagon won't turn into any pumpkin.
1: Right nice to see
2: you, Mrs. Breed. Good evening, Mrs. Breed. I uh, hope you're going to allow me the honor of a dance later. Good evening. I don't believe I know you.
1: I have my invite.
2: Lucy Stubbs? Why, I'd have never recognized you in a million years. Why, child, you're lovely. I thank
1: you kindly for saying so. Why, it can't.
2: It is. it is. It's Lucy Stubbs. I've And all that beauty these last few years under a sweat-stained hat and some old warm Levi's. Could you believe it? Lucy, your family here? No, sir. Oh. Well, how'd you come? Um, a, a friend brought me in his wagon. Oh, that, uh, that ranch peddler who's staying out your way? Yes. Hmm. Well, why didn't he join us?
1: He didn't have an invite. I reckon he's some shy about most folks. But he's like to be the best
2: person in the whole world. I wish he was here. (laughs) I wouldn't feel so alone. Well, you ain't going to be alone for long, child. You know, uh, once I take you into dance, you're going to have to fight them off. Having a good time, Lucy? Oh, the best, Mr. Mayor. Have you found a young man?
1: Oh, not quite yet. Oh.
2: Well, looks like you have a new partner. I've never seen this young man before. Me neither. I... Oh. Bow to your partner, Lucy. Oh. oh, shucks. Now, is it that easy to spot me, huh?
1: Oh, you can shave off all your whiskers and come up with skin pink as a baby, but you can't change those blue eyes.
2: Mm. And pink as a baby, And as tender, I can tell you. Took me best part of an hour to hack off all that stubble.
1: It took me a whole week to turn the sow's ear into a silk purse. <laughs> Ain't we a pair? Well,
2: not quite. You're beautiful.
1: <laughs> and what do you think you are? And so young. Can't we go somewhere right away and just be alone?
2: Well, now you don't have to twist my arm. Come on. What are you laughing at, Lucy? Us?
1: (laughs) You, I reckon.
2: Well, what's so funny?
1: That my fairy godmother went and turned into my Prince Charming. It ain't quite the way the story went.
2: Now, this is our story, and we make our own happy ending.
1: Oh, Hank, I can't believe it's happening. You, me. Now, why'd you wait so long to tell me?
2: (laughs) A week?
1: Why didn't you say something sooner?
2: Well, you know, I had to give you a chance to know. You know, the way you were situated, any way you could fly the prison you were locked in might look good. Well, I couldn't let you take the route you'd cry over later.
1: So you helped me make a dress, found out myself as a woman, and spread my wings.
2: Princess, you were made for flying.
1: Only right back into your arms. Oh, Hank lucy Mm -hmm.
2: so it's just like the story a happy ending
1: no it ain't that easy hank what about my family
2: well we just walk away from them a ride
1: you mean i can never go back home
2: what did you leave there that you have to take with you
1: nothing except
2: now it's coming on to midnight now let you and me get back to the party and make our farewells. Mr. Mayor. Hey, what is it, Henny?
1: Look who just came in. It's the Stubbs boys. <gasps> yes, yeah, so it is. Well, we did
2: invite them, you know. It
1: gets my will. Well, Lucy and that nice young man. And
2: yes, well, I, I don't see them.
1: Well, I'll go greet Jim and his boys. You go see if you can find Lucy and tell her to keep out of sight. Why, good evening, Mr. Stubbs. I didn't think we were going to have the honor of your company. Well, me and the boys felt we ought to put in a token appearance. Well, you're most welcome. Can I get you some
2: punch? I know. I reckon we'll just... Oh. What? Look. It's pretty girl, all right, but what you can't recognize your own daughter. That's Lucy. Bad damn, you're right. Who, who's that fancy fella with her? Well, I wouldn't know him without the whiskers. Exceptin' for them boots with the fancy stitches he's wearing. That's the ranch peddler. Why that ornery no count going behind our no, back? I hope there isn't going to be any trouble. No trouble, Mrs. Bloomer. I'm just going to call him out. And you just stay out of this, ma'am. This here is men's business. Hank Boone. Oh, Hank. It's Curly. Now, stay cool, Lucy. I'll handle it. But you can't.
1: They're killers. All of them.
2: Boone, I'm calling you out. If you ain't got a gun of your own, you better borrow one. Uh, you don't want to call me out, Curly. I'm warning you. Don't you try to weasel. you going to have a gun on your hip. I'll do better. You let me fetch my belt, and I'll have one on both. Why'd you do it, Curly? We could have took care of him back at the ranch. I never did like the guy. What's the difference, a ranch peddler... I got nothing to worry about. Just the same, we don't take no chances. Now, I got Buck covering for you to one side. The moment you draw, he'll squeeze off and drop him. Okay. Now, stand away, Paul. He's coming out from his wagon.
1: Please don't go up against him, Hank.
2: You've been spoiling for this since we first met.
1: But he's a killer, Hank. Aren't you afraid? Yep. Then don't.
2: I'm not afraid for me, Lucy. And it has to be. If you and me are going to have any future. You ready, peddler? I'm ready. Then draw down. (laughs) (laughs) Don't shoot! I ought to, Jim Stubbs. Your boys tried to sidewind me, and I had to kill them both. This ain't any prettier for me than it is for you.
1: Can't you
2: smile again, Hank? Well, give me time, Lucy. At the moment, I'm too ashamed of myself.
1: What do you have to be ashamed of?
2: Well, I. See, I grew up a cowhand, I was always quick with a gun. I was only 20 when Peckus John come to our town. Now, he picked a quarrel. I didn't. It was just my gun was faster. And from then on, I was a marked man. What do you mean? Well, every vaquero figured he could slip a gun out of the holster faster than I could, wanted to go up against me. And I was marked for a killer. I didn't want it, knowing as I did, sooner or later someone would draw faster than me. So I... Well, I took my savings and bought me a bandwagon and just hope for some peace.
1: Well, ain't you got that now?
2: Yes, Lucy. I am daring to hope I have. But that ain't the best part. What is? It ain't gonna be a long, lonely ride anymore. I got company to keep me warm. I got you. Mm.
0: in the old days, the wagon would have traveled off into the sunset while music played, and two words would have been printed over the scene, the end, which of course is true enough for the story, but for Hank and Lucy, the legend should have read the beginning. I'll be back shortly. of raw justice that was meted out in the days of the Wild West is, of course, indefensible. No nation can live by anarchy. But sometimes, particularly when it's only a story, we can all silently applaud the side that we think is right, even if the methods are against our natural impulses. For example, I would hope that in the story you have just heard, you would be on the side of the angels... Our cast included Earl Hammond, E.V. Juster, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
2: The Voice of the Rocky Mountain West, Radio 85, KOA Denver.